get ready to live fearlessly free with Heather Bunch. Has anyone ever asked you, what's wrong? You doing all right? And you're wondering, like, how the heck do they know something's wrong? How do they know I'm hurting? I thought I was masking it so well. Have you ever experienced trauma, whether it's, you know, big trauma or a little trauma that you need healing from, but others are telling you, maybe even doctors are saying, you're going to never overcome your past. Would you like to know how you can become the best parent, spouse, or friend and leader you can be? Would you like that? Welcome to Live Fearlessly Free. I'm your courageous coach, Heather Bunge, and I am here to help you live a life that's fearlessly free so you can stop hiding. You could show up fully yourself and you can fulfill your God-given purpose courageously. It's the final episode, my friends, of our series on what I learned from my pets. And I've got one more wild place to find wisdom. I'm going to share with you five lessons I learned from my horse. So today's going to be for you if you need a space to grow. A safe space to grow. And if you desire to be a great leader, or you desire to make a difference in this world, this episode is for you. And if you're ready to do what's necessary for permanent growth, I am going to be talking to you today. Horses. Okay, I was one of those horse crazy kids. I was always thinking about horses. Always thinking about horses. I, there was no online at the time, so I would look up in magazines. Um, we lived in California at the time, and we had a lot of pasture land. And I can just remember we would be driving, and I would just stare out the window and dream. And I would see horses, and I would just dream. And any time there was a horse that I could get around and pet, I was just in heaven, heaven. Me and my friend, we're 11 years old. We get this wild hair idea to call a stable. And we're going to work for the stable so we can get lessons for free. This is our great idea. So we call a place called Oak Ridge Stables. And somehow I ended up calling, which really is a miracle in itself because I was the chicken of the two of us. (laughs) So I was not uh, considered the brave kid. That's why I'm the courageous coach, people, because I was not the brave one. But I was in that moment. And I think it was because I wanted it enough that I pushed myself and I called. And the gal on the other end with this heavy French accent says, let let me get Christine. So she goes and gets Christine, which is one of the owners of Oak Ridge Stables. And Christine answers the phone and she's so nice to me. I'm this 11-year-old kid, so you can obviously tell I'm a little kid. And so she says, hey, bring your mom and, and we'll talk. So 
we go. My mom is awesome. And she goes ahead and she goes with me on this harebrained idea I have. And we talk and she's like, okay, so what you're going to need to do, because I have a group of kids that is the right age for you, but they've already been riding for a while. So I need to, I need to get you caught up a bit before you can join this group. And so you're going to take some private, I took a few private lessons and then I was going to go to this camp. And then after I do the camp, then I can start working at the stable and then taking some lessons. So I actually then started raising money for the camp because my parents didn't have the funds to be able to, you know, just randomly send me to this horse summer camp. This is, you know, they're not necessarily cheap. Yes, it's the 80s, but it still wasn't cheap. Horses is the most expensive hobby I could have probably picked. My brother played baseball. That was much cheaper. They didn't have like, now they've got all this like, um, I don't even know what you call it. You know, where it's like that special club level, uh, volleyball, club level baseball. They didn't have any of that back in the 80s, okay? You just play baseball. And so I'm raising money. And I have this brilliant idea. Of course, I take my little brother because he's adorable and cute to help me sell things. And so I'm selling like flashlights and cookbooks door to door so I can raise the money. I hate selling door to door. It's like I still hate selling door to door with a passion. Like, But uh, Dave helped. He was so dang adorable. And we would, you know, so I raised money. And then my grandfather, Grandpa Ken, actually chipped in as part of my birthday present to help me go to camp. Oh, I loved it. So then I spend time at the stables. I'm at the stables there for a couple years. I was getting to ride and it was the best. And then we moved to Oklahoma and I shared with you in a previous episode, that was when my dream of going to the Olympics died and I had to come up with a new dream. However, I did get my dream of owning a horse because up to that point, I did not own a horse. I only got uh, lease horses. So you could rent them basically almost, but they were like, they were yours to use. Excuse me, I'm taking a drink. And so um, my parents, I got this looking in the classified, there's a classifieds again. See, they were still there. I'm looking in the classifieds. I'm like, Mom, this is horse. It's only $800. Can we go see it? And so we drive out to this place called Miami, Oklahoma. They pronounce it Miami, but it's totally spelt Miami. And we go out and we, I test drive this horse. And he had not been ridden in a while, let me tell you. He was an ex-race horse. He was a quarter horse, but he was an ex, ex-race horse. That's what he had done in his earlier years. And he got turned into what was called a hunter jumper. So he jumped fences. And so I'm, I'm riding him and I can tell like, you know, okay, he's, he's a bit much, but you know, he just hadn't been ridden in a while. And, and that was that. So, you know, I, I didn't even ask if I could have him cause I'm like, I know I can't have him. I'm just, you know, they're so dang expensive and what am I going to do with them and where am I going to put him? And, you know, we didn't live on a farm. We always lived in the suburbs. So I get to go to summer camp. This is my first youth summer camp. And I go. And it was really cool and awesome. I get baptized. And 
just love it. My parents pick me up at church after it's it's over and they're like, hey, let's go drive around. So we go drive out in the middle of nowhere in the boonie town. And they're like, hey, let's stop, let's stop at this stable. Because look, this is not unusual for me because I was always trying to get them to stop at stables, go to horse shows. Like this is what Heather did because I was horse crazy. And so we're walking along, we're going through the stable, we're just looking and I'm like, I pass this stall and then I double back. And I'm like, wait, 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 is that the, is that Matisse? That was the horse's name, Matisse. And so while I was at camp, my parents surprised me and they had bought Matisse. Eight-year-old quarter horse. And I owned him until he was 18. And he was my buddy. He was there for me through thick and thin. I had him even in my first marriage. And I had him all the way till after, you know, the marriage had ended. And by that point, I actually couldn't afford to keep him anymore. And so I just, I prayed because he was, he was an old soul at that point. But I prayed for a, a special home for him. I'm like, okay, God, he's still not a beginner horse. Like he was still spunky all the way through, no matter how old he was, he was still a spunky horse. You had to know what you were doing. And so I just prayed. I'm like, I need, I need a good retirement home. That's what I prayed for. And it, it ended up that actually my boss that I worked for, they, um, I, I just had this prompting to go ask them. And I, I told him about the horse. And so he actually became my boss's horse. And he lived till into his 30s. So he was, he was Mr. Champ. And he was a beautiful horse for them. But I learned so much from him. And so much about myself from him. But what I want to share with you now is five lessons I learned from my horse that you can apply to your life. And the first is this. Your body language reveals what you're thinking. See, horses can read your body language. They can read your emotions. Like literally the slightest move you could make, they read it. They can communicate back to you emotionally as well. Like your face, I don't know if you realize, your face and your body are saying way more than your words are. University of Texas actually did a study and they said that face to, this is for face-to-face communication. It's 50 for, 55% of face-to-face communication is nonverbal. 38% is vocal, like your vocal tone. You know, you heard it said, it's not what you said. It's how you said it, right? Only 7% are the words you say. So guess what? You were right. <laughs> it does matter how you say it. Your face and your voice say way more than your words say. And sometimes we don't realize that. We do not realize what we're really communicating. We'd be like, I don't understand why they didn't get it. Why are they so mad at me? Why, you know, why does my spouse think that I'm mad at them? Well, you might look at how you're saying it. And even with your body, you could say something with the right vocal tone and the right words and still communicate with your body something entirely different. What you're thinking 
and feeling seeps into your body language. So what are you communicating? Now, I want to give you a book idea on this, okay? Vanessa Van Edwards has a book on body language and vocal cues. And it's called, uh, uh, wait for it, Cues. And it is a book called Cues. It's Master the Secret Language of Charismatic Communication. Dude, this chick is a scientist through and through. She is, she calls herself a recovering awkward person because she has another book that actually teaches you like, kind of like it's networking for awkward people. It's really, it's really amazing. That's not the title of the book, but it's fantastic. She has you, she has YouTube videos and specifically on cues and she will show, um, she originally got her start like, cause she could detect lying. So she liked help, like government type stuff. Like, is this person lying or not? Like, cause she can read that. And it is fascinating. But the way she lays it out is for you to learn to, one, improve your communication skills through your body language and your vocal, vocal cues. And you can read other people's. It's like a secret into their mind. So if you want to grow in this area so you can look, you can feel, you can sound more confident. Um, You actually will also grow your emotional intelligence because you're going to be able to read other people's emotions and know what to do, okay? I would highly recommend that book, Cues. I will put a link in the show notes as well to help with that. So, you got to watch your body language. All right, Second thing is this, consistency is the key to progress. When you are training a horse, you have to be consistent or you're going to lose momentum. When I was training my horse, there was some times where I would be really consistent and then all of a sudden, like I'd disappear, like life got busy at youth group or something like that and I didn't spend a lot of time with him. Then I'd come back and it was not starting over, but it was a lot more work than it had to be. You got to be consistent to keep momentum. Your life works the same way. Consistency is key to progress. And it doesn't even have to be big. It can be little steps, but you need to be consistent. It's like if you were going to brush your teeth and you were like, yeah, I'll brush them three times a week. Is that going to do a lot of good keeping your breath fresh? Heck no, it's not. I got to remind my kids of that. You would think, you know, you can't really smell your own breath. And if you start smelling your own breath, people have been smelling it for hours. But I always continually have to remind my kids, did you brush your teeth? Don't go out before you brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Did you brush your teeth? Did you brush your teeth? Did you brush your teeth? You, by this point in your life, are consistent at brushing your teeth. You know, whether you're a two time a day, I'm a twice in the morning and then once at night and then sometimes in between, depending on what I ate. But I don't have to think about brushing my teeth because I've consistently brushed my teeth for decades. You need to get the same way to make progress in the areas that you want to grow in. So where do you need to be consistent? Ways to be consistent, just real quick, is use reminders. Set alarms. Get accountability partners. Get a coach. Maybe it's a therapist you need. Maybe there's tools that you need 
to be able to grow in that area or apps on your phone that will help you be consistent. It is okay if you can't be consistent alone. I used to beat myself up over that, that that I struggle being consistent to work towards my business or work towards things that I wanted to do to get my voice out there, to get my message out there. And I would beat myself up that I wasn't consistent. You know what? It's okay that I need deadlines and I need people waiting on me to get stuff done. That's okay. I stopped beating myself up over that because it doesn't really matter because it's just consistency is key to progress. So now I just give myself some grace, give myself self-compassion and keep moving forward. So consistency is key to progress. The next thing is this, walk by their side to lead others. Horses, when you walk with them, you're leading a horse, you're leading a horse, but you're not actually walking in front of them and you're not walking behind them. Like with a cow, you're usually walking behind them and they got the little cattle prodder, you know, or sheep, you're walking in front of them and they're following you. Horses are not like that. Horses, you walk shoulder to shoulder. You walk side by side. And listen, you may not think of yourself as a leader, but you are. If you have children, you're leading your kids. If you have a spouse, you are in leadership with your spouse. Doesn't mean you have to do all the stuff, okay? But you're a team. But it's still leadership. Leadership only means influence, Who are you influencing? You're influencing friends. You're influencing neighbors. You're influencing anybody you're coming in contact with. Coworkers, if you have a job. People are not just worker bees to get stuff done. The highest level of leadership is relational leadership. So as a leader, you're not just telling people or your kids what to do. Do this, do that, clean your room, buddy, check your room, But what you're doing is you're walking alongside and showing others what to do. Now, my parents are the best example of this that I know. My parents are relational leaders, both in their jobs and and as parents and, and as grandparents, now that they're grandparents. They have such a love and respect from other people because they are relational leaders. I remember my brother saying one time years ago that, my God, your volunteers would like die for you. And it's the truth because they knew my parents loved them no matter what. And my parents were always willing to admit when they were wrong and ask forgiveness. That's also a leader. That is walking alongside. I mean, and that's why I'd like to, as I'm talking to you, share my struggles Hey, I've gotten better here, but I'm still struggling over there. Or I've made progress, but I'm not there yet. That's me walking alongside with you. I'm not up on the mountain going, follow me. Like I'm like, come on, let's go together. My parents walk along with others and help them. And my parents have never asked anybody to do something they weren't willing to do themselves. That is relational leadership. That is walking alongside people, influencing people. People know 
when you believe in them and you love them no matter what. And as you do this, you've actually proved it over the long haul. My, my kids have even said it. Mom, you parent different than other parents that I see. It's because I, I lead by example, but I am walking alongside with them. Okay, let's walk through that problem. Let's work through that issue. Come on. And we talk things out. That is walking by the side to lead others. And you can do this with anybody you have influence with. Family, friends, coworkers. Okay, it's not just kids. And honestly, if you do it right, you can even do it with your spouse. Because there's areas I've grown in where my husband is still working on because we're all different. And there's areas he's grown in that I need help with. And we help each other and walk alongside each other to help each other grow. And when it's done in love and in the right way, people are able to receive from that. Now, not everybody, because look, not everybody wants to change. So, you know, eat the hay, spit out the sticks, but you can only do what you can do. All right. The fourth thing is this. You can recover from trauma, stress, and anxiety. Horses bond with people and they bond with other horses. There, is, there was like this amazing bond between me and Matisse where I could just, it was almost like I could think and he would follow me. Or I would, you know, be cleaning him and I'd be picking up his feet to clean out his feet and um, I would just barely touch him and he'd boop, pick his foot up. There was this incredible bond between us. And the cool thing is horses are even used uh, in trauma and disability therapy. It is an amazing place. When I was getting certified in the Enneagram, there was actually one of the coaches. That is what she does, is this equine therapy. For me, my horse was my happy place. Like I literally could let everything go when I spent those couple hours at the barn. I didn't even have to ride. I just needed to be there. I could just brush my horse or bathe my horse. It didn't matter. I was just there and it was therapy for me. If you have been through trauma or maybe you've been continually stressed out or you're anxious, that is not Father's plan for you. Father desires healing and wholeness for you. That is actually what eternal life means. It's Zoe life, health, wholeness. It's both here and now and in the future. It's both physical and spiritual wholeness. I do not care. I am not a doctor, but I know the great physician. And I don't care if somebody tells you you'll never recover from that. You're too damaged. Your father says different. Your father says that by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. He took your infirmities, your sicknesses, your diseases on himself so that you could be healed. Now, sometimes that's a process and that's okay. 
I want to share with you a book that I really believe is a beautiful book that will help you walk through trauma, through anxiety, and it's she has a biblical perspective and she also gives you permission to give yourself compassion as you journey to wholeness and health. So if you need some help, I want you to get the book Try Softer by Andy Colbert. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes. There's also a workbook that accompanies this. And I always recommend workbooks when they are available because they will ask you questions you don't think to ask yourself. And they'll make you do the work. You got to do the work. If you want to heal from trauma, if you want to heal from anxiety, if you want to heal from depression or the things, the the mental pressures that are holding you down, you got to do the work. It's not going to magically happen. You got to work. God says you got to renew your mind according to the word of God. That means to renovate. So you're renovating your mind as you're doing that. So Try Softer by Andy Colbert. And Andy is spelled A-U-N-D-I. And Colbert is K-O-L-B-E-R. Try Softer. Phenomenal book. The, uh, the subtitle of it is A Fresh Approach to Move Us Out of Anxiety, Stress, and Survival Mode and Into a Life of Connection and Joy. I so highly recommend that book. Please avail yourself to that if that is an area that you need help with. And the last thing is this. Guess what it is? <laughs> yep. Play matters. Have you noticed every single animal we have talked about? I include play matters. Because I'm pretty sure like every mammal that you look at on this planet plays in some way, shape, or form. You can see it. Lions, tigers, bears, dolphins, bunnies, horses, dogs, cats, birds. They're playing. Although I... Birds considered technically a mammal? I don't know. I'm not going there. All right. They play. Horses are no exception to this. Dude, they are, they crack me up. They will play with their owners. Like Matisse played with me. Did you know what? They played with each other. So my horse used to play this running game with a buddy and they literally would like line up and this, the, uh, the stable manager would tell me these stories and then I'd get to finally see it myself. But they would line up and wait and there'd be like a car and then they would take off running and they would race each other to, oh my gosh, it was a crack up. But like you could even give them toys and balls and they'll play. Horses play. We need to play. Play is also excellent for our physical fitness Well, even riding a horse. My gosh, that was always amazing exercise. I would get, I remember taking lessons and I would call them um, jelly legs. Oh my gosh, my thighs would hurt so bad. I would like, they would be like like shaking like jello because I, it is physical exercise. Now, there's all kinds of play you could do that creates physical fitness. Play also reduces stress. So what can you do to play and incorporate some more physical exercise? Okay, miniature golf. 
or top golf like I was talking about. Me and Jackie are going to go do some top golf. Bowling. Oh my God. Bowling is like a one-legged squat that you do over and over and over again. And I don't do it very often. So my leg is usually like, oh my gosh, it hurts so bad. Uh, But it's exercise. Horseback riding. Like I said, amazing exercise. You go on a trail ride. We're hitting some good weather. You guys, there's places where you could go rent a horse and go horseback ride. And you will be reducing your stress. You could do bike riding. You could do hiking. You could do roller skating, roller blading, whatever. There's so many things you can do that is play, but also gives you physical exercise. When you follow these five lessons from our equine friend, your body language reveals what you're really thinking. Consistency is the key to progress. Walk by their side to lead others. And you can recover from trauma, stress, and anxiety. And play matters. When you do this, you are going to be somebody that others want to follow. Just like our little stable sidekicks. One last thing. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a moment and share it with a friend. Or share it on social media. I've had some friends do that, and I'm so grateful. But they've shared specific episodes of, oh my gosh, this helped me so much. I even had one gal, she even put her, posted her homework on there that she did. It was so cool. So when you do that, you are leading others well because you are helping them to hear a message that is going to help them stop hiding, show up fully themselves, and fulfill their God-given purpose courageously, just like you're doing. So I just want to thank you a bunch for listening. You have got this, my friend, and Father's got you. Until next time, live fearlessly free.